get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. Tanner Hendrickson and I'm Brandon Kylie. It's BK and Ferrario at 101 ESPN. In 10 minutes or so, we'll get into our Blues icebreaker questions. Is this bottom six good enough for this team to compete next year? But right now, it's one of our favorite times of the week where we get to talk with Katie Wu. She's a Cardinals insider for The Athletic. You should subscribe over there and you should follow her on Twitter. She's at Katie J. Wu. Katie, we always appreciate the time. How is it going out on the West Coast for you today? Hey guys, you know, it's uh, my hometown. So this is a trip I've been looking forward to for, for a while. Um, but yeah, beautiful day in the city. Great baseball game yesterday. Probably one of the best that I have covered this season. Uh, and yeah, a, a good gritty Cardinals win yesterday too. Katie, I think we have to start off the top with probably the most important question that we'll get to today. Uh, how will you remember the Nog father, John Nagowski, from his time in St. Louis. It's a really rough day for us today, uh, Katie. We appreciate you kind of being here with us. Oh, man. You know, I didn't get to know John too well, but what I do know is that his career is off to a fantastic start, given his jersey number, Amen. which is 69. Nice. And I'm sure he'll continue to – I'm sure he'll put up 20 homers by the end of the season with Pittsburgh. I, I just know it. That's I how it he works, puts right? up 69 homers, to be honest with you. Just <laughs> oh, matches his 69 homers jersey. for John Nagowski. Absolutely. Chase McGuire in half of a season. That would be an unbelievable mark yeah. for him, and he would jump to the top of the list of the former Cardinals that have gone on to do miraculous things, which is a hell of a list to be on. Uh, Katie, yesterday <laughs> as the Cardinals are getting no hit through six innings, what was your reaction? <laughs> um, it was a little, I was a little nervous. Um, I was, it was a fantastically pitched game and you know, um, you're, you're obviously aware of what's going on, but in my head, I was like, wow, if the Cardinals get no hit, that's, you know, my, my main concern was that no one's going to talk about how fantastic KK looked yesterday <laughs> because he was excellent. Right. And I mean, you know, you guys know me trying to avoid the negativity as much as possible. Um, and so I was like, well, let's just focus on how well KK is pitching. He looks really efficient, uh, was aggressive, attacking the zone, getting that contact that he pitches for. And I was when I saw in the seventh that Gaussman had Arnauto and Goldschmidt to get through, I said, you know, if he gets through those two, because they're notorious for for hitting against the Giants, then we're going to have a problem. But I didn't panic until uh, the Goldschmidt and Arenado went through on the third time. Then, I, you know, my, my mindset was if Gaussman can retire both of them third time through the order, this is probably happening. Well, and God only knows, Katie, Twitter for you would have been just a black hole, a really dark place if that no-hitter would have been a real thing. 
I think I would have deleted my account. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would have been a smart decision with that one. How would you describe this weekend, though, Katie? I mean, BK and I were talking about it a little bit ago to where, yes, it may have felt like a roller coaster because there were high points, but really when you look at the fact that you lost three of four against Colorado, that really felt like a down portion of this road trip. It did, and I, I don't think anyone was particularly happy on the Cardinals Sunday after uh, another Diaz walk-off, but it was a... It was a very weird series at Coors, right? Not a lot of scoring, really well-pitched, not a lot of walks. Uh, I mean, the Cardinals came out with a positive run differential and lost the series. It was just a very strange four days at Coors Field. Um, but the offense is a huge concern. And, you know, I thought in, the, in Friday's game, the Bader Grand Slam game, that was one inning out of, you know, four days where the offense was able to piece together what they were looking for. And that's why I think what – the Cardinals were able to do yesterday was huge. I mean, on Sunday, Matt Carpenter came in and told us, you know, we, I don't think this is something that we fix with one swing. This is something that we have to gradually build up and get better. But honestly, his triple really kind of ignited that, that dugout yesterday. It was that big hit they were looking for to, to break through after being no hit for six innings. And I mean, that's probably more indicative of how Galson was pitching in the Cardinals offense overall, but sure. The Cardinals offense has not been great. Uh, and I, he came back in lucky carpenter doing back-to-back media interviews with us and felt a little bit better. You know, he's like, we really need to know that was a great win. It was a collective win. Everyone did their part. And it's something that this team really needed to do it against an all-star starter. And the best record team in baseball was huge. What do we make of this offense now, Katie? We're, we're now more than halfway through this season. The names, I mean, it, it's what you expected going into the year. Yeah. Tyler O'Neill's a little banged up right now again, which stinks, but I mean, the, every guy that you thought on opening day should be in that lineup is now in the lineup, and they're still underperforming, mm-hmm. even in this last stretch against 20 underperforming teams that they were going up against with some bad pitching. What the hell am I supposed to make of this offense? I, I'm asking myself the same question. You know, I think we have to take into consideration that when you add up the 80-plus games the Cardinals have played this season, they have only played five all year with the starting lineup they had envisioned. And, you know... I know the offense collectively is underperforming. They know, you guys know, the fans know. But this is historically a second-half team. They always have been. And that's kind of when you ask players in the clubhouse, or not the clubhouse, on the field, when you ask the manager, when you ask people in the organization, it's no one's panicking. And maybe that's a combination between the division not being the, the most fantastic or maybe it's just knowing the players and knowing their, how things usually play out. But I don't know if you can trust the offense. But I do think that you can trust the Cardinals are going to make a run in the second half. You know, we, we've asked the question to Mike Schultz so many times, Katie. Uh, you know, how do you shake things up? How do you get things going? And look, yesterday's game was nice to see because the heart of your order actually consistently got on base. But you're still looking at this wondering, you know, who's the solid leadoff hitter? Who's the guy who can play behind Nolan Arenado? Of course, Tyler O'Neill was out. Does it still feel like that there might be some switching or changing up in this batting order to get things going for Mike Schultz? Yeah, I think that we can, you know, we don't, we can't rule that out by any means. Um, it'll be interesting to see where everyone is at when Tyler comes back. You know, he pinched it yesterday. That's a good sign. I think now it's more or less recovering from the fielding aspect. But I, I like what's going on with Tommy Edmund and Dylan Carlson and switching them in and out of the leadoff spot. Uh, you know, I, I think that Goldschmidt hitting two is, is good, right? Like that's two or three is a good spot for him. It's the five through eight. Right, because I, I don't think anyone expects Paul DeYoung to to be, have such low numbers throughout the year. He's always been able to hit for average. The power is streaky, but he's been able to get on base. 
Uh, Bader has been electric in his return. I know he, he joked with us that he's going to be, he wants to be the spark plug or his teammates called him the spark plug. But what's really struck me about Bader is the fact that he's done a lot of damage on right-handed breaking balls, which is something we talked about before his, his last IL stint. And he's come back and been able to do that again. If he can continue that, that really lengthens the lineup. And suddenly you don't really have to worry too much about five through eight, but I still think that there's some tinkering involved to find that, that perfect matchup there. We're talking to Katie Wu for another couple of minutes here on 101 ESPN. Check out her work over at The Athletic and give her a follow on Twitter as well, at Katie J. Wu. Katie, I find it interesting that you said you still have confidence that this team can go on a little bit of a run in the second half. And that's kind of been the Mike Schilt staple ever since he was hired here in St. Louis. What is it that gives you that faith, though? If you had to distill that into something, is there is there one aspect of the team? Is it just a fundamental belief in Mike Schilt? What is it that gives you the faith that they'll be able to go on a run in the second half? I think it's just the fact that they've done it so much in the past. It's kind of their M.O. And you look at these players in the lineup. This is exactly who you want right now. You look at the names, and on paper, it's a fantastic roster. So it's confusing. It's puzzling to me why they've been underperforming, but I don't really believe that these names are going to continue to underperform. I don't think these names that have the experience, they have the prestige, they definitely have the capability is going to continue to sputter. This is a rough time, but the Cardinals are optimistic. They're going to get both Jack and Miles back in the second half. This is a team that knows how to win. Just look what they had to accomplish last year in 2020 with COVID and the whole mess of that 60 game season. And when you talk to people in the, in the dugout, or on the field, they all say the same thing. You know, historically, we're a second-half team. We know how to grind out wins. We know what it takes. And since they've been able to do it before, I'm not going to write them off, even if it is a lengthy battle in the standings right now, because they have done it before. So I know that it is easy to be overwhelmed when you look and you see the standings and where the Cardinals are at and, and you know, where how many games back from the Brewers they are. But, you know, this is a team that has done it before. So And it's more or less the same guys on the roster. So, you know, anything can happen. It's a long season, as we know. Katie, final one from me. I feel like it's a weekly question and a weekly update. Where are you on the Cardinals in terms of trade deadline? Do you feel like after this weekend and the struggles that they've continued to go through puts them back into a selling consideration, or do you feel like that there's still a buy option there? I do not think the Cardinals will be sellers. I think they will be buyers. Um, I'm not quite sure they'll make a, a starting pitching splash, mainly because that's going to be, it's going to cost them a lot. And they don't want to splurge for half a season rental out of disparity. Right. I do think if they're going to shop around, they're going to shop around for some, a bench bat, both right-handed and left-handed would do, or maybe a fourth outfielder, give them a little bit more depth on their bench. Um, but the small moves they have made, for example, Wade the Blanc when, and no one was really talking about that and everyone kind of wrote that off has worked out well so far. Um, so I do expect the Cardinals to be buyers, maybe not the splashiest of deals, but definitely some roster improvement, especially if they can end this first half of the season strong. You heard it here first. Katie Wu exclusively reporting the Cardinals are planning to acquire both Max <laughs> no. Scherzer and Trevor Story at the trade deadline. And Kyle Gibson. <laughs> are going to do that. And Kyle Gibson. All three. <laughs> okay, so we're excited about what the trade deadline is going to bring. Of course, she's not reporting that, but you can find what her reporting does actually say over at The Athletic. Follow her on Twitter. She is at Katie J. Wu. Katie, we appreciate the time. Enjoy being out in your hometown uh, for the next couple of days, and hopefully we see some more games the next couple of nights. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Absolutely. Same to you. That is Katie Wu joining us here on 101 ESPN. What do you think that would mean if the Cardinals did, if, they, if their decision is, you know what, we're not going to be big buyers. We're certainly not selling, but we'll go out there and acquire. I don't even know who the name would be, but 
insert random Wade LeBlanc 2.0. Yeah. That's what you're going to get. A random reliever that can maybe give you a little bit of length that throws strikes. And a Brad Miller-esque bench bat. Sure. Something like that. How do you think that would be internalized by Cardinals fans? Cardinals fans, I think, would be be disappointed because it's not Trevor Story, Joey Gallo, Mag Scherzer. But for me personally, I look at it as a positive because... They're putting some faith in the team that says, okay, we think you guys could do something. Now go make some magic. They're putting the faith not only in the team that they have together, but they're also adding reinforcements for them. Are they great reinforcements? No, but maybe you get some Cardinals devil magic of a player that comes through off of the bench for you. Um, So I, I personally think it would be a positive if they just went out and did something, but I think Cardinals fans would not be happy because it's not one of the big names available. Yeah, I, I think that's probably true. I think Cardinals fans would be underwhelmed, and I also wonder how much the next three weeks would play into that. Like, if the Cardinals do go on a little bit of a run here, does that change the answer? Do they then become real buyers? Or if they go continue to be right around 500, does that mean, you know, Cardinals fans are just... Eh, at that point. I don't know. I, yeah. I think the next few weeks are going to be fascinating to see what this team decides to do. It's one fifteen. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Speaking of big moves, if the Blues make big moves this offseason, it's probably going to be to fill out that top six forwards. What about the bottom six? We don't talk about that a whole lot, but it was the reason why, in a lot of ways, the Blues won the cup. Is this bottom six good enough? We'll talk about it next on 101 ESPN.